Thank you. Um, I want to give you some um, very good advice, practical advice. Uh, if you're invited to speak to a group of people and it's 90 degrees out, uh, do not wear a shirt this color. The um, subject of most speeches like this, uh, quasi-graduation speeches, which you've all been through, tends to be uh, why you should be more like me. Uh, that's the subject of actually all speeches. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm only 44, and I haven't achieved as much as many of the people being honored here this year and certainly in years past. And uh, I want to uh, give you some of the best advice I've received, uh, why you should be more like the people that I've learned from. Uh, when I was graduating from Yale in 1967, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, having a goodbye uh, luncheon with John Hersey, the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning novelist uh, who wrote Hiroshima, was a war correspondent for Time Life, and has written many novels. He was uh, my teacher at Yale. And uh, I asked him, I said, Mr. Hersey, I'm graduating. Uh, what advice can you give me? And he said, I'll tell you three things. And I have found them to be very, very valuable, and, and I want to give you, in other words, his advice. You get two for one with me, Mr. Hersey and myself. Uh, the uh, first thing he said is, uh, don't do anything for money. He said, we live in a capitalistic society, America, great land, as Mr. Feller spoke so well about. Uh, he said, if you do anything well, anything, you can make money. So don't sell yourself short. Uh, don't make making money your goal. Uh, we have, uh, th that was certainly has been true in my life. Um, I started at the Chicago Tribune in 1969 at $150 a week. And uh, uh, I've increased that. Uh, the, we have someone here in the stands uh, who uh, I think it also, that I know personally, uh, that applies to, and that's George Lucas seated right behind uh, General Powell. Uh, and uh, Mr. Lucas, uh, I once asked Steven Spielberg about Mr. Lucas. And I said, what do you guys do that's so special? And this was in the mid-70s when every monster hit was theirs. And people were thinking of them in terms of money. And right now, uh, the press of this country is focusing terribly wrongly on money and how much money movies are making. And you should never be concerned about it. It's not your job. Your job is the same as mine. Are they any good and why are they good? Forget the money. Um, and I asked uh, Steven Spielberg, what was special about George Lucas? And uh, he said, well, I think what's special about maybe both of us is that we actually love film. He said, I mean film, the film itself. We love touching it. We love manipulating it, exposing it, doing the effects. We love all of it. And what may make us different from some of the other people around who make the films that you don't like is that they like what film can bring them, the power, the cars, the money. Uh, and that was always stood out with me in, in, in concert with Mr. Hersey's advice. Here's a career and a life that I obviously you know is fabulously wealthy. I think you should know what it is built on, and it's built on love of touching film. And so what Mr. Hersey would be telling you, I think, is find something you love, forget the money. It will come if you want it. I said to him, oh, come on. I said, what about a teacher? They're so wildly underpaid. He said, well, what about Paul Samuelson, who writes the economics textbook that everybody has to buy? Uh, you can if you want to. 
don't have to want to have money, but don't make it your goal. The second piece of advice uh, was uh, have more than one career. Mr. Hersey uh, grew up in a time in, in, in the 40s, and there was a book called The Man in the Gray Flannel Suit by Sloan Wilson, and it was about working for one company for a long time and growing into that company, and, and that's an okay life. But he was saying that uh, try to have more than one career. Don't, don't think in that just lock-solid mode. A young woman over here was asking me just before I got up to speak um, about uh, how I got involved in this uh, career, and, and uh, I was all set to be a lawyer. And uh, at a, in a college course at Yale, we began to study what we called uh, uh, assumptions that we were making about our lives. And I realized the only reason I wanted to be a lawyer is that I'd always wanted to be a lawyer. And uh, began to think about doing something different. And having more than one career applies to me, too, because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a second career other than my newspaper career, and that was obviously the television career. So have more than one career. And you don't have to even think in a binary fashion that if you uh, stop one, you have to have another. You can have them in concert uh, at, at the same time. Again, Mr. Lucas, who's the person I'm most familiar with uh, here, uh, his latest thing is to try and uh, get a movie sound in a theater in your home as well. He's having another career. He is not just making movies. He's trying to make the, the presentation of film uh, in your home so that you will value sound. He really wants it to sound good. He doesn't want, I don't think he really cares about selling the product as much as he wants you to open your ears. Uh, and in home video, for example, people make the common mistake, give me the biggest screen I can have. Uh, they don't realize that uh, sound is as important. Uh, if the picture were to go blank, uh, you know, you could still get something off of the soundtrack. Anyway, the third piece of advice that uh, Mr. Her Hersey gave me was um, that it's a real source of, of unhappiness in the world if you think that you should always be happy and measure yourself against uh, a perfectly happy state, a blissful state. And so it's like some school test. And if you're not hitting 100, if you're not totally happy all the time, that there's something wrong. And that's the definition of a problem, is that I'm not happy. And he said that life is problems. Uh, life is unhappiness. And you shouldn't be unhappy if you are unhappy if you follow that. Uh, it's natural. It's to be expected. Resolve it. He said the best you can hope for is uh, serenity. And what that was to him is that you're in a place sometimes and you, and you look around and you feel uh, calm. You feel a pattern. Things seem to make sense. Uh, this could be a moment right now. Uh, I'm aware of the sounds of the echoing of the voice, of Lou Gehrig's speech, and the reverberation in a ballpark. When I came out here before a lot of people got out, I stood at home plate. It felt good. That's real good. This is a great moment. You're sitting next to people who can change your lives, friendships you can make in these few days. Um, this is a very sweet moment. We're, we're all healthy now, and that's good. And to have these kinds of moments, and you'll have them uh, in these few days, uh, probably more than once. It's a treasured, treasured time. And it, it should make up for some of the uh, times when it isn't like this. That's life, too. Uh, I want to dwell on uh, two films that I, I have brought something to me, uh, and I'll always treasure them. And at the risk of embarrassing George Lucas, one of the pictures that I treasure uh, is American Graffiti and maybe not for the reasons that he might even think. Uh, the, uh, 
The picture, which I certainly encourage you to, to uh, screen, uh, I wish it would be in a movie theater, not at, not at home, uh, where you see what a real movie is all about. Uh, what I take out of that movie, which was one of the most important films I've seen in my 21 years as a critic, was the odd pairing that he came up with, and the screenwriters, uh, of the uh, geeky guy with the blonde and the similarly odd pairing of the motorcycle stud with the young girl, the teenage, pre-teenage girl. Normally it should have been just the other way around, that the, the geeky guy is with the uh, uh, young girl and that the stud, a uh, motorcycle stud, is with the blonde. And what I found is that in this one magical night of his film, uh, lives were changed because people broke out of their casts. They crossed into new areas. They experienced other people. And you know, you've been labeled in high school, I'm sure, all kinds of labels, jock, stud, nerd, uh, bombshell, whatever. Fast, loose, I'm picking words from my youth. Uh, and if you can somehow bust out, even on this weekend, there's probably someone that you think, I just don't want to be around. It's an instantaneous thing like that. I'm telling you that that person probably has some potent information for you and could really help your life. Uh, a philosopher, I was a philosophy major, Frederick Nietzsche, said that your uh, worst enemy should be your best friend. Um, my career, and the reason I'm standing here now, is because my worst enemy was Roger Ebert. Uh, and someone put us together, and from that something positive grew. If we had never spoken, nothing would have grown. Uh, and. Uh, Watch American Graffiti. You're going to go into a college environment, obviously, where another kind of branding can take place very quickly, uh, clicks. And uh, think about that film and think about how it's a magical kiss at the end of that movie uh, between the pre-teenage girl and the stud, a kiss that transforms, I think, both of them for the rest of their lives. Uh, the last picture that I want to talk to you about is the best picture I've seen uh, in the last few years, uh, and that is uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Uh, the title alone, the title alone is almost enough. It's a real challenge to uh, do the right thing. I was sitting here, nervous, part of it's 90 degrees, part of it's nerves uh, on my shirt, to try and do what is the right thing. And uh, if, I think if you just follow that uh, along in your life, if you can, uh, and, be, and be challenged by that, um, it's an extraordinary film. Right now, uh, people have asked me what I want to do with the rest of my life. One of the things that I'd like to do, based on that film, is try to heal uh, what I perceive as a real schism in society, which is uh, black-Jewish relationships uh, that are uh, fragmented terribly now, and for, I, I think, no, no good reason. Um, I, uh, being Jewish, would like uh, to in encourage what I, the way I was brought up, which is that two groups who have suffered so much uh, love each other. And uh, there isn't a lot of uh, love so it, we're told by some leaders from some of those groups, and we should put them down, speak out against them, any group that would try and separate us, to try and keep us away from the kind of night, the kind of world that uh, George Lucas portrayed uh, in California. These all blend together, and um, uh, right now uh, I felt a little chill go through me because I'm talking about things that I love and uh, that I certainly didn't do for money, these movies, and I, I love them dearly, and I thank you for uh, having the chance to talk with you.